Welcome back to the Action Sit Rep. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Deb. And we are here to talk about the season finale of Foundation. <gasps> we made it. Yes. Wow, what a finale, huh? Yes, what a finale. And stick around because after this, we have our final interview of the season with Dan McPherson. Great interview. We love Dan. I mean, if that wasn't obvious already. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What a finale. Questions, answers, more questions. More set up for season two. Huge time leap. I mean... Uh, yeah. Yeah. 138 years. <laughs> God. So Hugo's now like over 200 years old if he stays. If he sticks around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I hope he will. I really, I want to see him be captain of the Invictus. I want to see yeah. that like actually solidify as opposed to just, I mean, we get the cool like superhero walk moment, which is neat, but I want to <laughs> see him actually doing it. Yeah. Not doing it, but you know. <laughs> well, we saw that twice yeah, I guess. this season. Yeah. So um yeah, I I really would like to see what happens on Terminus and you know, as they form sort of that coalition society. I really wanna I hope they I hope they stick with that and we don't just purely jump into 138 years from now yeah. and move on. That we get those flashbacks right yeah Yeah, I hope so too so I want to say I want to talk the moment that like sticks in my head when I think about this episode is Demerzel killing Dawn and then the look on Day's face yeah that is like seared into my brain as like defining moment for this episode for me it was so quick I was not expecting it at all. Like I didn't like Dusk has been, yes. Cause Dusk has been like who I focused on as, you know, the enemy. Mm -hmm. I did not see before the debate had even finished her just walking up and snapping his neck. Like that to me was shocking. And then to see day, the devastation on day's face was like, he he did take those lessons from right. the spiral and he he did change and and then you just took the hope away in an mm-hmm. instant and Dimmerzel looks so fucking cold in that moment yeah exactly and it was just like oh I don't know like I can just it's one of those things that I can just picture that scene perfectly like it is just mm-hmm. like seared into my brain yeah it really was extremely emotional. I guess as soon as they started debating it, I knew she was going to do something. Um, Yeah. And then when she started, when she embraced him, I'm like, no, run from her. (laughs) (laughs) Not you. Oh God, he's doomed. Um, Just because that is her her only reason for existing is to protect the status quo. Yeah. And allowing, you know, this aberration to exist was never going to happen. It would, you know, she's physically incapable of not killing him. Yeah. So in some ways I was, for him, 
I was glad it, he basically left not even knowing what happened to him. Yeah. So, you know, instead of sort of the, the build just up the horror of, of having to, you know, be on death row basically and walk yourself to the you know, execution chamber. Yeah. Um, so for him, at least I was happy it ended quickly and with no pain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely, there was that glimmer of hope that day was going to be able to, to overcome this constant yeah. need to maintain the purity or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Shaya, you're right. The look on his face when he realized there's nothing I can do about this yeah. seemingly, you know, yeah. and that when he started, you know, when he was talking about Don as his son and yes. his brother and, oh, you know, like they, that there was so much hope there that they could change things, but just immediately gone. Dusk is just so. Yeah. I mean, he evil. is, the, he's the status quo. He is right. what it has been for so long and. It's, and yet will, we find out later that he's that, not pure either. Well, we don't we don't know that for sure about him, right? Or day they they suspect, right? That like, but they don't confirm that either one of them is also tainted. I think right. We don't know that know. for certain, but we right. know we that know. the original yeah. is the original has is. been, which means so. there will never again be one who is untainted. So what right. happens to Demerzel now? which of course is like the peeling off the face thing, you know? So does she, what does she do now? Does that, does that mean her directive ends? Like, is she freed from it? Does mm -hmm. she, I don't know. That's, that was, oh my God. But yeah, yeah, I just, that was phenomenal acting. Um, that was amazing. And so sad. And as a result, you now have, you know, a day sort of reverting back to that cold, vindictive, yeah. what's his reason for existing oh, kind of guy shit. when he goes to Azura. Oh my God. Oh, that was so cold. That was, but at the same time, it wasn't, I mean, it was cold, but it was I guess I wouldn't say it was cold. It was rage. It was hot, lava, hot rage. Because in his head, she just was the cause for his son and the hope for change dying. Mm -hmm. And I can see, you know, I mean, what he did was insane levels of revenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also, it wasn't like, you know psychotic the way that dusk is you know it was it was out of grief and rage as opposed to just like cold calculating you know it's for the show or the spectacle the way that mm -hmm. you know I don't know at least that was my read on it although man the way he described it just so terrifying blatantly. I mean <sighs> yeah it was it was terrifying mm. it was terrifying what was it? There was a point at which 
day was talking about how he, you know, dreamed of being this, the perfect spectacular empire. And he made a statement about basically, you know, retro, his, his acts of retribution would just be so glorious. And so, you know, each, each realm of the dynasty or of the empire being more and more spectacular in their revenge. Um, I don't remember and that, that. Oh, yeah. I wish I could remember the line for sure. It was, it basically was like, Ooh, that's dusk talking right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess Ooh. he's pulled in both directions. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be interesting with this, with this time jump, if we do get the flashbacks to see what happens now, or if we're just 138 years in the future with, you know, yeah, I hope not. I hope we, I hope there's a lot told in, in, in flashback or some yeah. sort of, you know, Hermione's little time travel watch or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's get one of those. Um, because if they continue, you know, with this, the show of the clones, they know the next clone, they know the next day mm-hmm. is not pure. So how are they going to deal with this? Yeah. And dusk you know no longer would trust day right knowing that he he made the decision yeah to change so where does that put yeah where does that put the whole triad in terms of continuing on especially since i'm assuming he in some way destroyed the original destroyed the original it certainly looked like he was trying Mm -hmm. and if they were able to get in and compromise the original, who is the mole? Right. Yeah. I, it's, it's like I said, questions and then some answers <laughs> and then lots more questions. Um, yeah. I mean, the whole time travel thing or it is complicates <laughs> a lot of the like wanting answers part. Um, yeah. and I don't know if it is, uh, again, like we will go back and forth or if it's just, this is the way our world works. And you know what? You don't get fucking answers because that's not how the real world works either. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to try to fill in the blanks yourself. I don't know. Um, I think it's super weird that you have, uh, as far as I can figure, um, a mom who <laughs> just saved her daughter who is technically biologically older than her mom now (laughs) (laughs) and they're on a flooded planet with no resources and no way to get off yeah I yeah that was Gail that was a really bad choice like you knew that the whole planet was going to be covered in water and that was what you plugged in as your destination just what I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Or do we just gloss right over that and, and move on and just say, oh, I guess they figured out a way to cook whatever they could. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, those manta rays. Manta rays. Whatever. Sushi. Um, yeah. Ate a lot of sushi and lived on that little tiny boat. <laughs> yeah. Little, little tiny boat and that little, little tiny floating rafting yeah oh man i mean 
I'm hoping there's maybe some sort of planet somewhere, but yeah, you know, or land, I should say. Land. Yeah. Um, uh, hi, hi, mom. I'm like 10 years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. They better hope they have a really nice mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be we are the working only through people. those family issues in a four-foot kayak. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, logic meets emotion, right? Exactly. Although, yeah, that's going to be interesting because most of the decisions that Gail made weren't necessarily based on logic. I mean, she used right. logic to get to a point, but all of her like sort of turning point decisions have been based on emotion. Right. So you have the two emotions yeah. there. Yeah. Ooh. Where Savor just does. She's just like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it tends to work out. I mean, she got her planet killer ship to protect Terminus. So that's pretty cool. And they got however many years to with the pretend solar flare for the outer plant outer reach or whatever they call it to rebuild so i it's yeah i i don't know it's a lot <laughs> so do we think they're gonna sort of jump into then if, if we do go back to terminus and um and the group there who are basically sort of living now to try to you know get even with the empire or at least release the hold of the empire on the universe i hope we're going to get to see them start infiltrating empire and and what yeah. that next step is there I, I don't know if they'll i guess for me like my i would think that they're not even like worried about empire like if i was there i'd be like we're not even going to think about empire. All we're going to focus on is rebuilding our strength. Mm -hmm. And later when we're like super, super strong on our own, then we can start talking about empire because like, that's so like, let's let it fracture on its own <laughs> first. Although then you have Harry and his weird faulty thing and like, what the fuck? And I like, and he's like, talky talky going right back in and i'm like yeah. what the what what was the fucking point of this then where's my smug little self showing up yep yeah oh here's what was going on and i've been sitting here watching the whole time yep. and now i'm leaving again figure and, it out see ya yep. Bye. <laughs> and and i'm like so what was the point of you <laughs> will we see the point of view later? Because right now it feels like you just put this vault here just to have this really cool reveal <laughs> and then do nothing, literally do nothing. You did nothing to help anybody, nothing. They no. came up with all the shit they wanted to do on their own. You came and were like, good job. Bye. Yeah. I mean, there, there has to be more going on there. Um, or not, I guess, you know, <laughs> he is just a egotistical figurehead or just wants to watch over his little cult. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go with option one, that there's more there. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that like seeing him come out of there and realizing what happened and that he's not like that he didn't help (laughs) means they'll like go tear his statue down and be like maybe he's not like we don't need to like pseudo worship him you know Mm -hmm. I I don't know of course then probably there'll be people like but he sent the vault here before we even got here he's even more all-powerful I don't know I'm guessing there's more going on with the vault not just sort of as his vessel um right but there has to be more to the vault than yeah than him well, they called it a doorway at some point right right yeah but they didn't say to what yeah so i don't know a doorway like an interstellar doorway like it connects to his is this like the wizard of oz thing <laughs> it just connects to inside the vault <laughs> You're like, scoochie, scoochie. <laughs> There's room for two of us now because you open the door. Or you is have it... a lottery to see who the other one is. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> or uh, or it can connect to where he's setting up the other foundation, maybe. And they can bounce. I don't know. Right, the secret foundation. The secret foundation. And then what will be the relation? Because at some point, the secret foundation is going to not be a secret. Right. And so what does that set up between the two foundations right and you know this whole thing has been built around threes yeah so how does that how do two foundations fit into this triad maybe salvor and gail on the water planet are like the third something seated something third pillar he the talked about pillar. three pillars. Yeah. yeah. So what is, unless, well, perhaps going back and, you know, freeing the empire could be yeah. the, the third pillar. Yeah. Or the next crisis. <laughs> the next crisis. And even by the end of 10, we knew that Terminus had grown considerably. You know, they showed yeah. that, that, that the, Right. The factions yeah. did come together and basically started a new society there. Yeah. So, which is, I hope Rowan comes back. I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. I liked him he too. He was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I keep thinking about is we, they talked about like the navigation, what made the Terminus, the Invictus jump. Mm-hmm. Um, do they not need it to jump anymore because they're just going to like the other side of the sun or whatever. And like Hugo doesn't want to jump anywhere. It's just to protect the pla- these like few planets. So they're not trying to go long distance. Cause like they don't have the spacers that like weird. Exactly. Genetic. Yeah. And they don't have a person like the navigator who has the like implant. So are we just going to forget that whole part of the story? <laughs> Well, I'm guessing we're not maybe supposed to focus on it so much for a while, at least. Um, You know, they, Harry did point out a couple of times that, you know, the engineers, that's why you're all here is to sort of be that part of the new society. So 
you know, perhaps not while they're not in a crisis mode, they can figure out a way to control the dr- the jumps without needing spacers. Yeah. Um, that would make sense that they could figure that out. Yeah. Oh, or where are they getting the fuel? <laughs> That's what I want to know. How well, are they it, fueling? The, the Invictus must run on some kind of sustainable system because it's been running this entire time right, without anybody. Exactly. So it must have some kind of self-sustaining fuel system. Because I was going to say, like, because nuclear power can run for a very long time, but you have to have people there to maintain the system. Right. Um, so it's got, I mean, it's, it's, I guess that's just hand wavy science fiction supposed- magic. <laughs> yeah. Just don't ask, don't ask. It's like, where did, you know, the Winchesters get their money to keep jumping from town to town fighting yeah, evil in supernatural? Yeah. <laughs> How are they paying for all this? That was, every time I watch that show, which wasn't often, I'm like, where are they getting the money to stay in all these hotels? How do they the afford all these weapons? Them? Yeah. Okay, just we're not supposed to think about that. They yep. just have an endless supply of, of demon fighting resources. <laughs> They're sponsored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Man, that was such a good episode. It really was. And it, you know, you, I left the episode feeling like, oh, we tied some things up. And then I'm like, no, we really didn't. <laughs> really did not tie it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we got answers in the form of like, okay, we know that New Dawn, Dawn's going to die. We got that answered. We got answered like where Gail went and what, like when Salvor was going to meet her and that Gail was for sure Salvor's mother. Mm-hmm. And then everything else was like, oh, but except, except all of those opened up new fucking questions and everything right. else was left unanswered. Right. Yep. <laughs> Good setup. Glad <laughs> there's a season two. <laughs> So, yeah, which they are already filming. Exactly, filming right now. So, which is why it's been so hard to get in touch with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Very exciting. I can't wait to see what they do with Empire. Because yeah. in the books, Empire isn't really all that big of a deal. Yeah. So, you said, which is yeah, crazy so they, to me because it's so huge in this and yeah. it's such a fascinating. And not it's our just favorite because part. Of, yeah. yeah, and not just because of Lee Pace, although he brings so much to the role. You know, he, I mean, to his part of, of Empire, he's just a magnetic. Yeah. I thought Cash and Bilton as Day, or excuse me, as Dawn, as Dawn. was really, really good. I thought so too. I would have loved I mean, to chat with him. I think Dan said it's his first job on screen. Yeah, which is like yeah. amazing. As was as was um, Salvers too. Yeah, the actress playing Salver was this is and Lou Lobel yeah. who played Gail. I mean, these are like Incredible. their first yeah. sort of big, big roles. So what big, a great cast! Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Hi, it's my first time on a set. Oh my God, I'm playing Lee Pace's son. Yeah. <laughs> Right alongside and Gail. I'm gonna and Terrence I'm gonna play oh opposite Jared Harris. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. British television. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a lot to live up to. But what an opportunity. Did, yeah. And they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Oh. Really. Amazing. 
my heart just broke for Don when he realized how he had been used. Oh, and then it was over, you know? Yeah. And he had that small glimmer of hope when day was like, no, we need to start questioning. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. just destroying that. Yeah. I think that he, for me, was the most tragic in this whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. But I really was surprised in the last three episodes by how much I felt for day because I wasn't yeah. expecting that but everything he had done before that I was not expecting to have like so much empathy for him mm-hmm. um but uh man that just god the look on his face was devastating right. just devastating and you you saw that realization that you know Don has spent his entire life not trusting anyone or anything around him. And the first time he trusts and decides to, you know, to make a life for himself, it's a betrayal. Well, Day is now in that same position. There is no one he can trust. Right. Because Demerzel made it very clear that he, you know, she has no qualms about, well, I mean, she has qualms, but she still will yeah. kill him if he strays yeah. from his role. Du- or uh, Yeah, Dusk definitely has no problem right. keeping him in his place. And he has, you know, there's a mole somewhere yeah. that has, you know, tainted the Cleonic dynasty. Yeah. Um, so where does he turn? How does he, does he just decide to go along with it? Or does he, does he follow through with trying to make that change? And how does he do that with yeah. basically, you know, the knives are out yeah. and, and chasing? Yeah. Does the he- only, yeah. The only thing I can think is like, my concern is something like they're going to be saying, oh, well, Dusk was the last one that wasn't tainted so now it's his dna that we use to clone or something you know um (laughs) (laughs) but um oh yeah that's a little scary um yeah like will he destroy demrazel or will he have her reprogrammed is there a way to reprogram her I think that's what she would want is to lose that prime directive. But does that then destroy her? Yeah. Well, does that free her to do harm in a way that um, like that they would never do? Because I mean, for, for the robots who have been destroyed, is that because, you know, they had risen up against organics or something, you know, that was my sense of it. I don't know that they ever said that, but that was my sense because they refer to it as the robot wars. Wars. Yeah. So they're obviously it wasn't just let's throw them all in. Right. So Terminator. Right. Death. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're, they fought back. Yeah. Um, So did they instigate it or did they just defend themselves? Either way they lost. Um, so there was some way to change it, and they chose to keep the last one. 
right there so to if obviously that directive... to protect the the empire yes so so if that directive is gone does she become violent or because she's got a you know we think i mean halima said she thinks she's got a soul right does she you know lean on that and go you know back to that planet or something i don't know i just it it will be interesting to see at least she should be around because you know she's not going to die right i mean i guess she could they could destroy her but age-wise yeah she's not and that's, age out unless they put an older face on her <laughs> now that she's gonna need a new one <laughs> yeah oh that was so creepy <laughs> And man, did she look like the Terminator. Like Exactly. So much like this. I was like, guys, you know you can make robots like different ways, right? Like they don't all have to look like the Terminator. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're trying to make one that looks like a human though, underneath the skin. Right. You would want, and that's kind of how they would look. Yeah. So she's sort of like Cylons on, you know, perpetual steroids. (laughs) But um yeah she's a little scary yeah but i love her (laughs) yeah that's great well fantastic episode great into the season cannot wait to see what's next yeah i'm like already missing them it's like you know when you have something that you weren't expecting to love quite as much as you did and it just kept building and building and building and now it's like oh I don't get to see brother day this week. (laughs) No. So it's like. Warrior, hurry up. We need something to finish. Writer's room. We know they're in the writer's room. (sighs) Yeah. Hurry up and get to work. Um, Yeah. So fantastic. Can't wait for more and stick around for Dan. On me. Back to the crib. Welcome back to the action sit rep. I'm Kelsey. And we are so excited to have our favorite person back on the podcast, coming live from you from Australia, Dan McPherson. Woo! Uh, hello, everybody. Hello from Sydney, Australia. Uh, lots to report over here. It's been very, very busy. I'm, I'm so busy, in fact, that I'm having a champagne and orange juice um, for, for breakfast. <laughs> it's one of those days. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I don't, um, uh, that's exactly right. We had a little event last night that I got to wear a suit to at a fancy little soiree and they had live music and a little Cartier event, which was nice. I got to catch up with some some uh, some actory friends, which was great. And and as you know, we've been in lockdown back in here in Sydney for, for a long time in the last couple of months. So so the world is kind of uh, writing itself. And I had about four or five months of um, pent up lockdown uh, steam that I had to blow off. And, uh, nice. and you're so not in jail. <laughs> yeah right (laughs) not in jail and spending the morning talking to us which we really really appreciate it so thank you so much no no thank you i apologize in advance for anything i say (laughs) you're good all right so we have now seen all 10 episodes uh tears 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 hugo oh Oh, yeah so just just confirming this podcast is coming out after the finale so we can of, talk about uh, everything. Foundation. Hey, um, how cool. Oh, great. The, um, those last two episodes were really, really special. What I thought oh nine, nine God, and 10. So good. Really just felt that the show, 
built and built and built and you know, the, the momentum built 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 and um and then those final two maybe two or three were, were really really yeah. spectacular and, and and everybody really hit their straps and, and not um not not just talking cars but talking everyone from the way the story was was created um david goya directed the, the finale episode roxanne dawson directed um, episode nine but you know the, the the story arcs all started converging um the editing the music costume makeup everybody um really finished the season so well and really set it up for the future you know and, and um and they're off the world of foundation is is off way far into the future yeah. at least for salver <laughs> right <laughs> right exactly exactly yeah well one of the things that we were talking about um that really i think we saw an, an at least to us felt like a noticeable change on screen in episode nine and we were curious about when things were filmed or if this was on purpose but I know when we talked to you before, you were talking about like your goal sort of for Hugo and looks was like looking like sort of larger. And it felt like, especially in episode nine and 10, like that just came through. Like, I mean, it just like he hit off the screen in this, uh, like when he was arguing with, with Salvor about like whether they're going to go down to Terminus. And I, I don't know, there's just something about presence on screen that did feel larger than the previous episodes and we were like is this like he was working out more yeah. or is this like early on then he lost weight yeah. or is this like it's like hugo gained confidence because he's like commanding the thespians <laughs> <laughs> oh look probably probably a um probably a little bit of, of all of it you know and, and really for me for hugo uh script wise that was where he got more weight his stakes kind of raised and he was he was kind of um more integral i guess to the overall storyline whereas early on i was there supporting salva and salva was driving the story and that gave me a great freedom and a lightness to come in in some of those early episodes because he, he was kind of slipping through the cracks and he and, and as a as a performance i didn't have to carry the stakes of the show in, in the in the first half of the season you know that and those responsibilities fell to to other performers as the show went on and as the season went on um when you start getting into the space jump stuff um to, to hugo's return into nine and ten hugo was clicking into gear as one of the integral parts of, of driving driving the story and telling the story so there, i think that's definitely part of it um some of the some of the stuff that's in nine and ten was shot at the very end of ireland so I had been drinking Guinness and I had been lifting I weights uh, for three months in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was definitely, definitely carrying some, some, some bulk, uh, we'll say, or it could have just been some, um, some Guinness bits and pieces. Um, but also, you know, when you're there in lockdown and all you're doing for three months is filming, you do hit your, your straps performance wise. Um, and so I know some of the stuff that we were shooting in the end of the Irish segment, which was the, um, the end of 2020, uh, I, I was in a I was in a really good good place. I've been in, in my groove. I've been there for three months, and 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 it coincided with Hugo fitting into the storylines um, and, and having a more integral role within within the story. Um, and then the the next stuff we'd shot in the Canary Islands, which was February March of 2021, um, 
you know, all the stuff at the end of episode nine, all the stuff, um, you know, with the vault with Jared and stuff like that was all the very end of the shoot. And again, had been shooting for two months straight. And again, you're mm-hmm. in your groove and you're, and you're, and you're finding your feet. So, so probably a, com- a combination and a combination of all those factors. Um, but I certainly felt like I was in a, I was in a groove um, with, with performance and character by the, by the end of those kind of two or three month runs and, and definitely coinciding with, with Hugo having um, a bit more meat, you know, to, in terms of storyline, you know. Especially in that last scene when you're like sauntering through the Evictus, you know, like, and he oh, even man, became command captain of the Evictus so and you're good. like slow-mo oh, no, going captain. through the Evictus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he got a superhero I was moment. just straight up fat for that. I'd be like, I'd be like drinking <laughs> Guinness like for like three days. And they're like, oh, we just shoot this extra thing with like, <laughs> you know, puffy hugo sauntering down there in 50 frames like a, a 1980s sci-fi video clip um but uh, that was one of the last things we shot in ireland before i before i came home so yeah i've definitely been um taking advantage of the irish hospitality <laughs> really it's a good look on you hey. it was very commanding <laughs> yeah, well, thank you i thank david goyer for that one he uh, he devised that shot and uh and uh, he came up to me as like you owe me. You owe me a beer. Or you owe you. You owe me. Like, what for? Sir? I just made <laughs> badass. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty uh, sweet. I did, I did see was. the shot. I did see it and laugh. I did have to laugh at it. Like it's hilarious. It was great though. It was a great closure to your, you know, your reveal scene in the beginning, where you just kind of come out like, you know, no ties to anything, just having a good time, Mister Han Solo. Oh, yeah. And now you've got. Oh really the weight of the future on your shoulders so yeah oh and i and i had no idea about um i had no idea of how that that was how the arc was going to end for hugo when i first read it you know i only got given the first couple of scripts when i signed on and so i learned a lot about about um what he was going to do and how they were going to use him as the show went on so so it was a great arc you know he's a great character um, and I, you know, I love how the, the stakes raised as it went on. And, and as you say, you've got this relaxed kind of, um, guy that, that saunters off the ship, you know, with the kids screaming in episode three and, and you fast forward, you know, what he's been through to the end. That was, that was much more than I ever anticipated when I signed on for this show, you know, Hugo was much richer and much more of a gift than I'd really, really anticipated. Mm-hmm you know, and um, I had a great time and, and, and the feedback I've been getting for, from him and for that, for that role and that performance has been um, far in excess than I'd ever anticipated, you know, and, and uh, no, I, I love him. I love the guy. And then hopefully I get to um, grow the beard back and put the suit back on. <laughs> well, I don't know how it could go on without, I mean, you're, you're in charge of the Invictus. That's like the key right. thing. It's right. Their, it's how well, all their future is built around making that be successful so right. how can right so what right. if you're gonna be over exactly. 200 you years just, old i mean right, right. exactly it, it's fine. they can't have out. season two so without him if you could just I'm put just that like in, we uh, definitely want to see hugo fly in the fucking ship all right like seriously right? <laughs> if you could just put all of this in writing to apple slash david goya that'd be wonderful uh just put your request list in and uh and that'd be great thank you done consider yeah. it done. <laughs> just send that in all right so tell us you know i'm going to ask about the context yeah so i will say that the context coming back um 
they look better than they did in the beginning. Yeah. The, like the first one was like so purple. It was yeah. not good. Well, I think and then they came back and they were like blue. Yeah. Better. Yeah. So but I think better. the ones in the beginning were actually VFX. So I didn't have contacts in. And then by the end of the oh, okay. season, I was wearing contacts because I had to have them in all day. So they were they were horrible. They um, were better. They were they were. I mean, they they were look, so I'm sure they thick. were. Yes, terrible. You could only see through like a pinhole through them. They were really thick and scratchy. Um, and of course, for the most part, I was standing on a volcano yeah. in the middle of the Canary Islands exactly. in a dust storm. Um, so a lot of the stuff, if you see the stuff I've posted on on social media, I've got like big red, like massive <laughs> goggle glasses on just to keep the dust out of my eyes between between shots um and because that was easier than taking them in and out they were really you know it was so horrible um but you know you people would be walking past you and they'd stop and go hey mate oh you know so they obviously looked all right you know they had a good effect um and and i think they, they looked they looked pretty cool so um so yeah i look worth it worth the suffering i think well, they looked more believable. So when my husband was like, are his, are his eyes? And I was like, no, I mean, Dan's got, he's got like pretty blue eyes. That's not that, not like that. <laughs> no, 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 no <laughs> yeah, keep them back on mac <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you i you had told us a little bit about and we had to cut it because we hadn't we're sharing yet about mm. that but tell us about crying with the contacts on now that we can share with yeah people. so so my big finale scene with salvo was obviously beautifully emotional and i think it was actually one of the last scenes no, it was scheduled as the last thing I shot. So, so for Leah and I, um, we knew that we had this, this authentic goodbye scene because we'd worked really closely together and really, really hard on on um, on bringing the Hugo and Salva relationship to life and to to making it really, really special. And working on, we we just worked really, really hard. We both saw how wonderful the relationship was on the page and really wanted to do it justice. And and it, there was nothing else quite like it in in the show. So we've been we've been you know gifted. Um, this beautiful, uh, human, intimate, um, loving relationship that was kind of unlike anything else in the entire realm of foundation. So we had we were the protectors of that, and we worked very hard, um, hard on it to, to to land it. So when we had our final goodbyes, um, it was it was emotional. And and so David Goya, who'd written and was directing that scene, um, when they got to my my takes, he, I didn't realize I was kind of gonna well up as much as I, I could as, as much as I did and after the first take he came out it was like oh man that's just really cool it's, it's really emotional and the second take you know it's like two in the morning and we're about to wrap and I knew I only had one take so I just let it all go and, and let it all hang out there and and he came out and he was like screw you man you just made me cry you just made me cry in the monitor. <laughs> I was like oh cool David Goyer the hard ass who wrote the scene and is directing it I just made him cry fantastic my, yeah. my job is done what I discovered though is that you cry with contact lenses, you thick ones like these, all the tears get caught behind the lenses. So the lenses yeah. end up floating. So I'm out there. I can't see Leah because I'm, I'm completely like, it's, it's water and it's, 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 it's dust. And I, it's blue. I mean, you can't see a thing. So I'm generally looking in Leah's general direction. 
Um, and I think I was looking at it, you know, and the, ed- the editor will fix that. But, um, but yeah, what I learned was that big tears just get stuck. And I was like, oh no, I'm crying, but they're not coming out. So I have to try and push them out a little bit. So that, like they come out from the lenses so you can see I'm crying. So I think one of the last shots you can see, like there's all like water all over my cheek. And I think it was where the, the tears had come out the side <laughs> of the lenses. Like popped <laughs> out. out. <laughs> like, like, yeah, the, the, like a, yeah, some little geyser yep. out the side. But um, I, it, um, it was a beautiful, beautifully written scene. Um, you know, Leah and I threw in a few little ad libs in there that, that stayed in the stayed in the in the final cut. Um, and I, that is some work that I am probably most proud of um, throughout the entirety of my career. I thought it was a really nice, natural, um, beautiful goodbye scene, and um, and I'm really really happy with it. It's a really big galaxy. It's a really big galaxy. Big galaxy, Sal. Any idea where you'll start? Yeah, you know, so it's uh, it's a beautifully, beautifully nice written lines there. And, and you kind of, my my intention is always to just kind of place those with a light touch and let the, let the, uh, let the writing do the work and let the audience contextualize the, the feeling of it. You know, you can, you can over, overcook those lines and they sound written and they sound corny. Um, but if you, you just take your foot off them a little bit and, and keep them light and let them float they seem to land much better and and in this case that was the intention and and that you've got this light floaty scene at the end of um you know what's been a massive episode and what is the beginning of of, of salva's onward journey so i'm guessing that the exchange about not not your ship not my planet is that was that ad lib uh that that was uh that was a bit of ad lib yep uh half of it was in there you know take care of my ship uh, I think the original script was take care of my ship. Uh, it's not your ship anymore. And then I threw it, yeah, it's not my planet. Yeah. You know, like she's leaving me on her planet. And, you know, the, only reason, the only reason I was ever here was for her. And now she's taking my ship and ditching me and leaving but me. But I think for me, you know, that was actually uh, a really yeah. key line for him because he didn't have any commitments before this. It was just about him. Right. And now, right. well, it's not my planet, but here I am, kind of their leader. So, yeah. yeah. That yeah. actually was a pretty important yeah. line. Uh, thank you, Deb. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, ad libs, you know, on, a, on most shows, and, you know, with the exception of maybe Strike Back, where ad libs mm-hmm. always stay in, or, or you know, the, the, the script is a little more flexible um, when you're on something with the scale of, of foundation. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, most of the Lynn's lines in Strike Back would not on the page. <laughs> Um, but, like, was that because the script was like the day before being finished? No, that's when <laughs> things were good. <laughs> the minute before yeah, you. I mean, to, look, yeah. to, to know you, to know your lines means you have to have read the script as well. You know, in some cases, not not, uh, not pointing fingers, but you know, things things are pretty relaxed on set back in Strike Back some days. Um, whereas you know, on the scale of foundation and the, and the quality of writers, the quality of showrunners, and the, and the quality of the. The, the scale of the show you, 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 it's very precise you know and there are things that you're talking about that we have no idea of the repercussions of what we're saying multiple seasons right. down the yeah. down the show down the line you know but but goyer is such a genius that he's got it all mapped out in his head and you know something i'm saying in season one has repercussions mm-hmm. you know in season eight or or whatnot you know and that's that's the, the genius of of Goyer and Foundation. Um, so yeah, so, 
so when you know character and you know story and 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 you know each other so well like like Leah and I did um those those and we rehearsed a lot you know and, and we played with with ideas and, and and whatnot um you know you throw those sort of little moments out there and sometimes they stick well, I'm glad they did I'm glad it did good. Like, yeah. oh, cool. I did some cool stuff yeah I really think you. it did make a difference you know so much of what's going on with empire is so sort of rigid and um you know the the language isn't necessarily comfortable language so that to have that very human very realistic moment between the two of them but that's really is the way people say goodbye it isn't some big flowery moment it's little yeah. jokes and not wanting to no. really separate and so that yeah. Yeah. just made exactly. it so much more believable yeah thank you and that was something we'd always you know it was certainly always my intention with the with the role um was was to anchor it in really relatable human truth when you've got this massive world with massive heady thematics and and it's you know it's beyond comprehension into the realms of asimovian science fiction that we had a chance to do something that was completely relatable whether it was um in the context of of modern day whether it was a, a sitcom whether it was something you see in the street or whether it's something you see on a made-up planet in a made-up galaxy in a made-up story um it's still you know it's still the same you know and to really anchor it in that behavioral truth was um was always the goal and it landed <laughs> all achieved it worked, i think <laughs> all achieved i'm just very curious if there was how much you knew about what was going on with the different story arcs while you were filming and how much of has surprised you about what else has gone on with like empire and you know different aspects of the story um we i mean i, I mean i read everything i read every every script um and obviously they were shot in different locations and, and, and at different times. So um, a lot of the work that Lee did or, or Cassian and Terry did um, was, was being shot completely differently. So we were living in a, I was living in a terminus centric world. Um, and so, you know, for the last three, three months, we were in Canary Island shooting a majority of, of terminus stuff. Um, and uh so I didn't kind of get to watch the show as a fan because you get to see all, all these un, other wonderful worlds um, that I wasn't a part of. You know, of course, we, we got to hang out with these guys and guys and girls and they were wonderful castmates and we were, you know, a, a family, a big old, you know, entertainment family being shuttled around the world in, in lockdown COVID bubbles. Um, so you become really, really close because of that. Um, but no, I get to uh, I get to enjoy the show as a fan, you know, when it's not my world, um, which which is great. So you know, to, to get to to get to see what um, Jared and, and and Lou are doing, and to get to see what um, Cassian and, and Terry and Laura, um, the whole sequence with with Lee and the spiral is spectacular. Um, to see Tania and Laura, that scene that that. Um, Demoiselle and, and Halima had, which is one of my favorite scenes of the entire series, entire season. Um, it was just sublime, sublime television. So, so you know, you, you talked, you mean, you'd heard sort of from Game of Thrones people, you know, there were people in that cast for seven or eight years that never worked together, never stepped on set together. 
and and we view them as a a big ensemble that must have you know lived and worked together for for a better part of a decade um but there's but the, the fact is you know sometimes you're just living in different worlds and um and so so i was aware of what was going on in the scripts but i didn't really have an, an idea of what was happening on set and um you know the intricacies of performance or the, what the worlds looked like and and um you know we often had multiple um multiple blocks filming at the same time um we were in ireland we had multiple sound stages being used across different episodes and different sets so so you'd see everybody there you know in costume and we'd all be having lunch together and hanging out but then you know, Leah and i would go and jump on the beggar's lament and cassian and amy would go and you know do stuff from um from Trento, you know and it was that was how it was Kelsey really wants to ask you about Lee Pace. I'm just gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps hemming and hawing. She because he's a phenomenal actor. It has nothing to do with how he looks. <laughs> uh, so Lee was training twice a day with Ian Benson, our our, um, our trainer on the set, and and um, everyone was training with with Ian, and he was fantastic. But no one was training as hard as Lee was, and eventually. Um, at one point, Lee was like, hey, you, you look pretty fit. Do you want to come train with us? I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to. And so Lee had a, a gym set up at the back of his accommodation. Um, and I went out. And at this point, it was very strict COVID time. So Ian, our trainer, had a full hazmat suit on and a mask and gloves. Wow. And, um, and Lee and I got to train together. And we trained together a few times. And I've trained really hard for stuff over the years. But what Lee was doing um on a daily basis was incredibly committed training um to the point that that you know i'd love to train with those guys again um and and then unfortunately when we got to the canaries i was so busy on set and and lee was was staying elsewhere um that uh that we didn't get to train together very much at all so um um but the, the stuff we did was like insane intense like training like the, the guy was on fire and he looked incredible and i'm so so happy for him that that all the hard work he did um came up on screen and and i'm also really <laughs> jealous like like you got to train and you, you know just you're so good and you're so nice and you're so talented and you look so bloody good but he didn't get any guinness i, bet. Oh, I hate you lee pace i hate you no, I don't think there's. I don't think there's much Guinness in Lee's world. Because no. you know, I just chose to be heavier. <laughs> well, thank you. you Thanks go. for indulging De yeah. Deb's question, not my yeah. question. But whatever you think of Lee Pace, however lovely, talented, charismatic, attractive uh, you think he is, he is like, like twice as much in real life. Like, can't, can't speak highly enough of the guy. What, what an absolute gentleman. That's so nice to know. Well, that's what we tell everybody about you. So oh, that's nice well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to be mentioned in the same breath as Lee Pace. <laughs> well, so I guess uh, as we get close to wrapping, we will wrap as, as we did with Strike Back then. Long COVID traveling all over the world, what were your highs and lows for foundation? 
Um, the people were incredible, you know, like they were a great bunch of people. Um, and again, you know, working in a COVID bubble, we became closer than you normally would because you couldn't leave, you couldn't have friends and family come and visit. Um, to get to work with and meet this extraordinary bunch of people from all parts of the world, from all walks of life, from all points in their career, um, you know, to have Leah and Lou starting out in their first jobs, Cassie in their first jobs on on, on screen. Um, Kubra was one of one of her first big jobs um, to then turn around and have guys like Terrence Mann and Jared Pace on set um, who who were just, you know, had, an ex- had extraordinary careers. Um, and, and just to have that entire spectrum of performer was wonderful. Um, to get to be the captain of, of my own spaceship was amazing. Um, obviously, as a father now, you know, it was one of the reasons I did the job. It was like Austin gets to grow up watching his dad fly a spaceship. Um, you know, I, that, was, that was some really, really cool stuff. Um, we had extraordinarily talented directors uh, and to work at that level uh, over a significant period of time with, with Alex Graves, with David Goyer, with Jen Fang and with Roxanne Dawson, um, that was, was a gift. You know, um, every day you step on set and you see the work that's gone in by Rory Shane and the, and the um, production design team. Um, and I only really got to see Terminus and what the work that had gone into Terminus, but there was so much work that had gone into building these worlds. You, it was one of those jobs you just pinch yourself every day you step on set. You know, I get to work with these people at this level of this set in these worlds on this material. Um, costume, uh, hair and makeup design, just to be able to work at the highest level in every single facet of, of television making um, was was I pinched myself, you know. Um, I'd never been to Ireland before. I loved, I loved being in Ireland. I'd love to go back um, when it's not COVID. Uh, the depths of COVID. winter and lockdown and uh, howling wind and rain and, and uh, on the West Coast. <laughs> so I'll definitely be back. But my great Irish friends, the Irish people, um, you know, uh, are so special. And, uh, and that people. was definitely a highlight. Um, those are people. people. <laughs> uh, Ireland is my happy place. And then... Um, <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh look, I loved it. I, I'd love to go back. Um, and then again with Spain, you know, the Canary Islands was a, a wonderful adventure. More my kind of place, you know, more beaches, more ocean, um, and to get to work in in that kind of landscape um, was was exceptional. But um, look, I would say, you know, working with Leah had to be an absolute highlight. Um, the, the the sculpting and crafting of that relationship is something I'm very proud of. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly proud to be a part of a small part of a, of a massive, a massive job like that, but also getting to put on that badass jacket and grow that big ass beard and, <laughs> and go, Hey, I'm going to fly my spaceship. Um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, overall, that's pretty, cool. That's pretty cool. So I got, I got plenty of highlights to take away from that. It really, um, really, really proud and just grateful to be a part of it, to have been a part of it. So no lows this time, no like yucky toilets, no like. <laughs> what? Say that again. I said, said no lows, no like yucky toilets, no you know. Oh, uh, look, <laughs> uh, you know there were. No, there weren't. I mean, like, 
there was one point where I pinched a nerve in my in the back of my neck while I was filming, and so I had to go and like get um, MRIs and like painkilling injections into my bum on set from the Spanish nurses in the ambulance. <laughs> I got a photo of that. Um, <laughs> I was in pain for a little while. That like that sucked, but it was quite funny. Like I look back at the photos now of me in the ambulance with these Spanish. Spanish nurses giving me injectable painkillers every second day. That was, that was quite funny. <laughs> Ouch. Well, yeah. I guess that's, that's, I mean, look, if, look, if you get to have a low, we'll I suppose there, that's, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, since we cut you off last time, uh, anything uh, you would like to anything say before we go? Anything on the horizon. Um, I would like to say thank you. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I, uh, I've got to finish a film. We started a film out here uh, this year that I was shooting, which is really cool. We've just got a couple of days to complete that. We just got thwarted a little bit by a lockdown here in Sydney. So I'm going to um, be able to talk about that soon. But that was a really cool film with a really big Australian <gasps> cast, international Australian cast. Is it going to be a theatrical film um, or a television film? It will be a theatrical film, yeah, which would be very, very cool. And... Um, and then I've just taken a little bit of a break and I bought a, an apartment back here in Sydney and I'm moving in at the moment and getting settled down for a while. And then uh, I'm expecting 2022 is going to be a little bit busy again. And um, you never know, I might get to grow the beard back. <laughs> Can't say too much. How can the future go on without Hugo? Come on. Anything. Yeah, well, that's yeah. exactly right. Let's just let's just tweet that a lot to David. That's Gregor. right. Who else is going to fly the Invictus? Um, right. You're the exactly. captain. So, but uh, I would say yeah. uh, thank you guys for for investing um, in Foundation this season. You guys have been fantastic, and um, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And for anyone that's thinking about watching it, give it a chance. You know, the first couple of episodes are pretty dense to get through, but once once the story gets rocking and rolling along. Um, it's worth it, and, and I'm really excited that people are, are seeing the, the last couple of episodes. Go, okay, yeah. this is really, really something special. So I'm really proud to be part of it. So thank you for being so nice to me as always, and uh, and for enjoying the show. Yeah, we well, love thank you. you. We, we love, love you. everything we do. Thank you, team. Thank you, team. <laughs> well, hopefully, we've got some more stuff to talk about very, very soon. <laughs>